On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, John Garcia Jr., once again, Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated, joins the show. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show, Jonathan Davis, your host, John Garcia Jr. Joining me, John, I think we are 100 days away from the start of college football, somewhere in that ballpark. How excited are you that we are getting closer and closer to the 2022 season? Man, that's what it's about. You know, all the buildup is fun. All the talk is is great, but it's about, you know, strapping that helmet on and getting after it. So, yeah, can't come soon enough. That's for sure. Can't wait myself. Getting into this first question, the biggest recruit we've talked about, one of the most hyped recruits of all time, if not the most hyped recruit, Arch Manning. He's announced that he's going to take three official visits, one to Georgia, one to Alabama, and of course, one to the University of Texas. But Alabama, it seems, may have found their 2023 quarterback in Eli Holstein, former uh, Texas A&M commit who decommitted and now has announced that he is going to Alabama. However, Arch Manning still plans to take an official visit to Alabama. But some people think because of the commitment of Eli Holstein to Alabama, this is now a two-team race between Texas and Georgia. So what factor do you think Alabama plays in his recruitment at this point? And do you think it's truly a two-team race between Texas and Georgia? You know, I, I think the Mannings aren't ever going to publicly eliminate a program like Alabama. Uh, and they're not even eliminating anyone, technically, right? They're, they're going to see LSU at a seven-on-seven. Seven. They might go down to Florida for a visit. They were at Virginia a few months ago. I mean, they're, they're truly going to play the process right on there. But internally, you have to wonder, because conventionally, you know, it's musical chairs for quarterbacks, right? one quarterback per school some will take two and and now alabama's obviously one that wants to take two quarterbacks if they can but conventional wisdom in recruiting says look one quarterback per roster um at least in recruiting and certainly texas hasn't even offered another quarterback georgia hasn't been involved with other quarterbacks really at all lately not named arch manning so you know i think from the program's perspective Texas and Georgia are all in for Arch. Bama has been in for Arch, but not all in. They're, they've still recruited Holstein. They're still recruiting Dylan Lonergan, who's going to take an official visit in June as well. So it's not officially a two-team race, but I'd be surprised, Jonathan, as we sit here today, if Arch Manning ends up at Alabama. Now, again, it's stranger things have happened, and if there's one recruit who don't give a you-know-what, what other quarterback is there, it could be and Arch Manning, uh, but Eli Holstein has some game. And, and look, Alabama's got a very deep quarterback room uh, that they're building even beyond Bryce Young, who we expect to leave after this year. So uh, it's not like the job's going to be handed to whoever uh, for Alabama next year anyway. So I, I do think that Georgia and Texas are more likely uh, over the last week than they were because Bama has taken a quarterback. I, I do believe that at the end of the day. Yeah, most people seem to believe that. And Texas is fortunate enough to get the last visit. So to you, is that something or nothing that Texas is going to be his last official visit out of Georgia, Alabama and Texas? 
It's always something, you know, you, you want to be first or last. I think in this scenario, you definitely want to be last only because you don't know about this timeline, right? I mean, it, it seems like it could end late in the summer months or it could extend into the season. So you want to try to build closer visits or multiple visits back to back if you can. So in theory, if he's, if he's going to check out a game at Texas, he will now have done so just a little bit after visiting officially relative to some of the other schools on the list. Or if there's a change of plans and you know what, he's like, look, I'm tired of all this, tired of the media stuff. I just want to do it. You want to be in position to get that most recent official visit. Um, because look, recency bias still matters in recruiting, uh, even though he's the most hyped kid and he's a manning and he's mature and all that stuff. He's still a teenager. Uh, so he's, he's still, you know, a 17, 18 year old kid uh, who's going through this process and, and surely, at a minimum, if you get that last visit, you're kind of the first school that comes up thereafter, right? Well, we just visited. What do we, what, what do we think, Manning family? What do we think of Texas? We just got home from Austin. Let's talk about them first. So at a minimum, you got that to your advantage. Uh, but I do like where Texas sits in general and, and certainly a little bit more when you look at the official visits. I definitely agree with that. When you – I don't want to assume everybody listening knows exactly the difference. So can you kind of just really quickly – what separates the official visit from the visits we see throughout the year, right? What, what separates the official visit? That's a great question. So uh, an unofficial visit is, is a one day deal, right? Sometimes it's only a couple of hours. Sometimes it's for a game, but basically you're there uh, for a part of the day on your own dime. So if you're, I mean, the Maddies don't got to worry about the cash, but if you need to fly in or drive in, what have you, that is on you. Uh, so you, you typically spend less time there. You maybe get a meal, spend a couple hours or minutes with coaches, and that's kind of it. you know. Or there's some kind of event, right, spring practice, spring game, uh, football game. Um, you know, Georgia did like a scavenger hunt over the weekend. Sometimes you build a, different events around visits, but official visits blow them all out of the water because it's 48 hours on campus on the program's dime, not just for you, as a recruit, but while also your family, right? I think uh, up to three visitors can come with you. So naturally it's the parents, maybe it's a mentor, a sibling, a girlfriend, wh whatever it may be. Uh, now all of you are wined and dined on the school's dime for 48 hours. So five-star steakhouses, beautiful hotels, and a lot more intimate time between the coaching staff and the prospect and and his family uh, as well. So it's it's a totally different visit. Uh, and that's why you're only allowed to take five. And that's why every school has a finite number of official visitors that they're allowed to host because they are, you know, about the best visit you can get. And what's unique about Arch taking the trips in June is that there's really nothing else going on, right? There's no, there's no uh, orange or white game. Uh, there's no a game to prepare for against a rival or anything like that, where the coaches are going to be busy and occupied. There's really not a lot going on. So Steve Sarkeesian, AJ Milley, all those guys are going to be with Arch and his family, presumably for a bulk of those 48 hours. And that's a huge deal in recruiting. That's a great explanation of that. I really appreciate that, John. So somebody that's going to be joining Arch Manning on his visit is the tight end. And one of his great friends, Will Randall uh, from Isidore Newman in New Orleans. Is he a player that's sort of a package deal with Arch Manning? What type of player is he? Or is he a player that schools are going out and coveting outside of the Arch Manning recruitment? 
Yeah, I think it's closer to the latter, uh, Jonathan. You know, he's he's a big tight end prospect, 6'4", 6'5". He's got a little hybrid to his game. You know, it's certainly been productive as one of Arch's top targets there uh, at Newman High School for some time. But, yeah, he's, he's built up a nice offer list on his own. You know, Texas, LSU, many schools uh, have been involved uh, for Randall. And I do believe it is independent of Arch Manning. Now, does it help to recruit them together? Of course it does, right? It's like it's like seeing a prospect and his younger brother. You're like you're going to recruit them as a bit of a package when they're together, and and they're taking this trip together, as you mentioned. So it's not a a package deal by itself, uh, but I do think for a school like Texas that is involved with both of them, it certainly helps uh, for it to be presented as such, at least. For this visit, you know, it's not every visit, but at least for this visit, yeah, I think they will be recruited as a bit of a duo, and that can't hurt. The two are very tight. Obviously, positionally, it makes sense, right, quarterback and pass catcher. So uh, all of those things do line up for Texas uh, ahead of that that last official visit. But I don't think they're going to end up at the same school like 100% no matter what kind of deal. Um, and, and generally in recruiting package deals, they're really hard. They usually don't go through because, you know, there's different priority levels for the recruits. And I do think that exists for for these two as well. Okay, good stuff. So coming up next, after a quick word from our sponsors, we're going to talk about Diamante Tucker Dorsey, a transfer linebacker from James Madison, who just wrapped up his official visit with the Texas Longhorns. We're talking about Built Bar. We've been asking and Built Delivered. Built Granola Bars are here Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we know that the linebacker room at Texas doesn't have a lot of depth. That's something that Sarkis came out and said. Um, they don't have a lot of depth at that linebacker position right now. Um, Diamante, I hope I'm saying his name right. Diamante Tucker Dorsey uh, from James Madison, linebacker, smaller, I think 5'10, 215. Uh, but he had a really good season last year 116 tackles, two and a half sacks, four interceptions, I think two forced fumbles. Seems like a playmaker. Um, what type of player is he, and where do you think Texas stands in his recruitment? Yeah, I mean, Tucker Dorsey's that modern linebacker, right? Not the biggest guy, as you mentioned, uh, but that's okay in this day and age. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways uh, to make an impact at that level. And, and the most important one is availability, being a three down uh, type of player. And you mentioned not only the, the bulk tackles uh, that he racked up at, at JMU, but also really impact the turnover game, multiple force fumbles, four interceptions, really show that he could play in coverage. And I think that's such a valuable asset in, in today's game. We know he could rack them up, play sideline to sideline. He runs well. Um, but he's instinctive in coverage on top of that. And I think that's really where, as a as a transfer player, as a grad transfer player, I do think that's where there's a lot of, of extra value because now you're getting experience and athleticism along with that playmaking uh, and maturity that comes with being a multi-year college player like he is. So uh, I think we, we see these transfers every year. They're not as heralded as the quarterbacks and they're not as talked about. But then you look at the end of the year and you're like, man, this was – if this guy didn't come, it would have been a disaster on, on this side of the ball. I mean, it just seems like every year there's a couple of linebackers that really fit that. And I think Tucker Dorsey can become one of those uh, wherever he ends up for the 2022 season. And he kind of knows that, you know, if, if he wants to play on Sundays, if he wants that chance at pro ball, he's got to do it on a bit of a bigger stage. And um, 
Texas is a pretty big stage. So naturally, they were involved. A bunch of SEC schools got involved, Auburn, Ole Miss. Uh, UCF was in that mix. You know, he took a visit there first uh, and then followed it up with the trip to Texas. And I, I was checking in with him. It looks like he's not going to take another visit. I know at one point, J.D., he was talking about maybe getting out to one more school, which would have made things interesting. I think Miami was involved. A couple other schools were trying to at least get a visit. But it looks like he's probably done taking official visits before announcing a decision that we should expect here pretty soon. So just like we talked about with Arch Manning, that's got to be good news for Texas, right? Last official visit, uh, a much more condensed recruitment uh, than, than most, uh, but that's that's life in the portal, right? You, you announce you're in the portal, you get offers, you take visits and you go from there. So it's been a little hectic for him. You know, he's been on a lot of planes lately, uh, but he's back in Virginia now and it looks like he's just in evaluation mode ready to make a decision. So um, naturally, it's going to come down to Texas and UCF. Uh, and, and look, I think it's it's not a, a huge argument uh, to build as to why Texas should feel good about, you know, potentially winning this recruitment. But I, I am curious, though, to see, you know, when is he going to make that decision? And could another school sneak in for a visit? If that happens, all bets are off. You reset and see where you're at. But as things currently stand with what we know right now, yeah, I think Texas is in really good shape to add to their defense. Yeah, I was going to say similar to what we saw um, with the Jai Hall when he visited Texas. And then after that, you kind of heard that there were no more visits. It's like, okay, Texas has to feel really good. And ultimately, they did for good reason because he came. And it sounds like the same thing. If he's not going to take any more visits, Texas has to feel really good uh, about where they stand. So talking about two of the top running backs in the 2023 class, Cedric Baxter is scheduled uh, to visit June 10th through 12th. Uh, to the University of Texas. I know that Ruben Owens has said that he plans to visit Texas, but they're not scheduled yet. I think right now he only has scheduled visits to TCU and Louisville. I think A&M, Texas, and Georgia are going to get the other three, but they're not scheduled up until this point. How do you compare the two running backs from a skill set standpoint, and where do you think each one ends up? That's a really good question, uh, Jonathan. Uh, both of them are, are modern backs, and I think that's on the surface level what you like if you're a Texas fan. I think with Cedric Baxter, he's a little bit bigger. You know, he's about six, one and a half, six, two, over 200 pounds. He looks like a powerful one cut kind of downhill guy. And he does show some of those elements. But man, he is as comfortable out of the backfield as a receiver, as, as a bigger back uh, can be. Little little Le'Veon Bell vibes when, when you watch Cedric Baxter play. Because uh, at that size, you're like, why is he so smooth and, and swift in, in space? It kind of doesn't compute. But then he could also lower his pad level and, and, and bring some funk uh, at the point of attack as well. So he's a real complete back. Um, he can hit the home run, but really could work underneath and in space just as well. I think Ruben Owens is a little flashier, a little faster, uh, more of a track guy uh, for a reason, right? He is more of that home run threat type of back. Uh, smaller than Baxter, but not small uh, overall. You know, he's right around 200 pounds. Uh, right now. Um, also comfortable in the past game. I've actually watched Ruben play wide receiver at seven on seven and hold his own with with really great competition around him. So, you know, two modern backs that will factor into third downs. But, you know, like you said, comparing them is, is interesting because, you know, I think they're pretty aware of each other. So I'd be surprised if they ended up at the same school. I think between them two and, and Richard Young, uh, those are really like the three best backs in the country. And they're all kind of like, hey, where are you going? Well, I'm going here this week because, you know, it's it's almost like quarterbacks where you're like, OK, I want to be the lead guy. 
So I think that will be interesting. And, and really, Texas is one of the few schools that are in it for multiple, you know, two of these three, you know, elite backs. Uh, I do think uh, Ruben Owens is is the safer bet if you're a Texas fan. Look, he's an instater. He's already been committed. He's real tight with a lot of Texans, uh, and as well as some non-Texans that are important, like an Arch Manning. Uh, so I do think that Texas should feel better today about where they stand there. But, you know, Baxter – he took some spring unofficial visits out to Texas. He saw Austin and College Station, and he really liked both of those programs to the point where they're they're going to stay involved with him going forward. I just think it's a wider net of programs that are trying to pull him uh, out of the Orlando area. There's there's some in-state schools. Certainly, you know, the Florida Gators are involved there, uh, as well as the Miami Hurricanes, um, and then some schools further away from the footprint, USC, Michigan State, uh, as well. So. Both are really national recruits, but if, if you're a Texas fan, I think Owens is a bit of a safer pick right now. Uh, and he probably commits sooner. I think Baxter's going to take his time uh, before wrapping up the process. So uh, it'll be interesting either way to, to get both of them on campus. Uh, that's a really big deal because, like I said, there's not a lot of programs that are going to get two of, of the three top backs in-house for official visits. And the good thing is they know if they ball out at Texas, they can get a Lamborghini. So, you know, that's more incentive. <laughs> yeah to come to the University of Texas. Uh, so sticking on the offensive side, Jaden Greathouse, uh, a receiver from that area, uh, is scheduled to visit Texas on an official at the end of June. And most people have linked him to Notre Dame, but he is taking the official to Texas. So do you think there's any chance um, Sark and the Longhorns, you know, Brennan Marion, Coach Marion, who's been a godsend, can sneak in there and, and maybe pull Jaden Greathouse to the 40 acres? I think you're right on it. It has to be a home run official visit. There is a lot of Notre Dame buzz coming out right now for, for the kid from Austin, right? Austin Westlake kid. Uh, it would be, you know, perceptionally, it would be an upset. I think if you, if you didn't follow recruiting every day, you're like, wait, this kid from Austin Westlake is going to Notre Dame. Uh, but that looks like that's, that's how it's shaping up at this point. But like you said, Texas will get another visit out of him. He's obviously familiar with campus, but again, it's different when you take the official. Uh, it's just a different vibe, it's a different energy. And I think if, if we know Notre Dame's trending, the Texas coaches probably know that Notre Dame is trending. Uh, so I do think that they will roll out that that burnt orange carpet. I don't wanna say red on this show. Uh, they'll roll out that burnt orange carpet um, and, and present as well as they could uh, for uh, Jaden Greathouse, uh, who's a big time wide receiver prospect, blue chip recruit. Uh, Look, we've seen Texas accumulate a lot of talent at the wide receiver position um, through the portal uh, and through recruiting in general, but you still want to do it, especially when it's close to home with, with a guy like Greathouse. So, yeah, I do think there's work to do, but, you know, you still got the visit ahead, so you've got a chance. Okay, that same weekend, uh, Anthony Hill, one of the top linebackers in the country, will be visiting on an OV to the University of Texas. What – separates him from other linebackers in this class oh man this this is a this is a grown man i mean there's really no other way to put it you, you eyeball him in person and you're you're surprised that he's in high school he's got a whole nother year of high school football left uh, a great personality too so kind of a galvanizing kid but on the field this is a, just a menace downhill uh from the inside out but he's got some pass rushing ability too and i think that's what really you know, makes him interesting uh, as a linebacker recruit. Again, if we talked about it with uh, 
with Diamante, if, if you are going to factor in at linebacker nowadays, you got to do something on third down. You can't just come off the field for a defensive back. Can you rush the passer? Can you drop in coverage? Would like to see a little bit more coverage from Hill, but we know worst case uh, he can man up on a tight end or, or rush the passer. Uh, but really the bread and butter with him is physicality, uh, the seek and destroy old school linebacker uh, mentality uh, within his game. And, and yeah, Texas – Again, right in the thick of it for, for him, A&M, many other schools involved there, uh, but Texas will have their shot uh, here soon. Okay, okay. Um, you know, I have to ask you, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, <laughs> they're going at it publicly about NIL. Nick Saban's name dropping Miami basketball. He's name dropping Deion Sanders. You know, they're firing back, clapping back on Twitter. It's just been a whole thing, the biggest story in college football over the last week. Before we get out of here, I just got to ask your reaction uh, to everything that's gone on in that situation. Man, I was I was so surprised because uh, because usually one Nick doesn't single out people like that usually. So I do think there's a reason behind it. I do think there was a greater call, like Dion said, a greater call to his boosters and the NCAA simultaneously. I think he was willing to take those personal shots in that that quest. But man, Jimbo's reaction, I just, as soon as I saw there was a press conference, I was like, oh man, let me let me stop writing whatever story I'm writing because this will be entertaining and, and Jimbo didn't hold back. Uh, and it's such a far cry from what we understood between the two, right? Obviously coached together. I saw a video back in, in 2018 that, you know, when Alabama won the national title, Jimbo waited an hour just to congratulate him. I mean, that that is such a far cry from what we heard uh, in that press conference um but you understand it too right if you're jimbo you're caught off guard you're like what in the world why is he why is he calling me out uh so you, you're going to double down on, on your guys and, and defend your program uh to a strong degree and, and then i totally understand dion he's like why am i being brought up and he was like we are jackson state you guys are in the sec like what in the world uh so i i do i understand his point the most like i get if saban has an agenda fine like i get you know you weave your path to that and i get jimbo reacting to it but dion i understand i resonate with him the most because he's just like what in the world why am i in this conversation uh so i, I do but then he said it he said look you know i think that he just used us to get a bigger point across so i do think that was part of the plan but i was entertained uh, and i was definitely shocked uh, especially when when jimbo scheduled that press conference so I think they're meeting this week, right, for the SEC meetings. So that will will not be boring uh, this weekend down in uh, in Destin, Florida. So we'll probably hear more about this. But uh, I'm all for it, especially in the offseason, right? We, we need this to talk about. Fun stuff in college football. 100 days away from kickoff. Cannot wait. John Garcia, Jr. from Sports Illustrated, once again, joining Locked on Longhorns. Always a pleasure to have him on. Longhorn Nation, until next time, peace.